You are tuned in to For the Love of Millennials podcast. For the Love of Millennials is a platform created to inspire, empower, and uplift melanin-enriched millennials to be the best of themselves. Each topic is carefully chosen with the intention to provide value to listeners in effort to fulfill the podcast purpose. Keep listening for more of today's episode. My face is super shiny. Don't judge me. It's cool. This is quarantine. This is what quarantine looks like. Look at my job out of control. You know, I'm here to support you. That's going to be a new look. Quarantine is honestly like going to make me even closer to just growing my hair back out. True. But I do got to get a lineup though. Like it's my beard is like my mustache is coming over my lips. I can't have that. You're not going to do it yourself? You're not going to just like Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> just cut it, cut around it, like get some like little I wish I was that good. You could do like comb over clippers, like get some some trimmers and then get a comb and like yeah, I got my I got my wooden comb right here. And then you use that and then you comb up and then you take the clippers or scissors and you cut so that the comb acts like a barrier. No? Okay. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave that to my barber. <laughs> okay. I'm here to support you. Thanks for joining my live, fam. Like, it's been a long time coming. So let me tell you. So my friend here was supposed to be on the podcast for the Love of Millennials last year. But I got burned out. And when I say I got burned out, I got burned out. Like, I was like, you know, I'm trying to do all of this by myself. And he's super understanding. And in being super understanding, we still maintained a relationship via social media, which is cool. But when I sent out that email, I'm like, yo, we trying to do this. He talked hella trash. So I told you I was going <laughs> to give you a moment to talk your trash, and then we can get started. So I'm here to support yeah. No, it was good. I mean, I and it, it kind of, like, was my fault, too, the first time, because I think, did not, like, I couldn't get, like, the connection or, like, my mic wasn't working when we first tried to do it. Yeah. And then it got real nutty after that, but, like And then the second said, time, it was me, so I'll take responsibility for the second time after that. that that happens. That's what I'm saying. It happens. So we locked in now, though. So it ain't nothing really to worry about. We we got it rolling. And I'm actually super proud of you for keeping like your stuff going on. And I just wanted to salute you before we got anything started, because we got to start showing each other love more in terms of this stuff, especially during this time, because how else are we going to either like make money or how else are we going to start like having this stuff roll? Yeah, absolutely. So I know who you are. And I want you to tell people who you are from your mouth, like your perspective, right? Because we could read a bio, but I want you to talk about who you are. Cool. So my name is Shakur Woodson. I'm a Dean of Students, non-instructional AP at Kit Woodard Middle School in Camden, New Jersey. This will be, well, at once this year is over, I'll be going into year six in education. Uh, and like, once we get into the interview, people will learn a little bit more. But like, my biggest thing is just, trying to make sure I help the next generation have an idea or understanding of like what yeah. it means to be who they are in this day yeah. and age. I don't like, like I didn't have like adults in my life when I was a, a young boy trying to tell them like right from wrong and how to like guide them in the right path. Like I didn't have nobody in my life telling me about credit. I didn't yeah. have my life telling me about like going to school. I didn't have nobody in my life telling me those things. So I want to yeah. make sure that I'm that 
beacon or like that person in these people's lives that's helping them do that. I just want to like impact lives. I feel like that's what I was put on this earth for is just to impact lives. And I want to continue to do this for as long as I live. Yeah. So let me tell y'all how I found Shakur. He went viral. He went viral with one of his dance moves, you know, with his students. I was like, look at this teacher. I was like, look at this teacher out here dancing with his kids. I was like, that's so dope. Then I found out the hashtag dancing Dean. I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like, oh, he does like, oh, he does this. And so this was at a point where the podcast was like, people were asking for two episodes a week. And I'm like, I can get y'all two episodes a week, but I got life, like real life outside of podcasts. And like, mm -hmm. I do it. I do this because I genuinely love and enjoy having conversations and sharing other people's stories. So with that being said, oh, dancing Dean, or you see them like Jersey dances all the time. So the 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 backstory about that is I actually, said, I'm so from hold on. Robbie Robbie got soul says that name came from her and her sister or him and sister oh yeah no that, that that's uh that's miss roby she teach at my school actually she the art teacher. shout out to miss roby she actually did give me the name she was like yo you need to call yourself the dancing dean i was like oh yeah that's gonna stick but i'm from philly and i went to school in jersey and i met one of like my close friends his name is uh greg he's a cop in newark and he taught me actually how to like get better at dancing and i just kept it with me ever since then and when I noticed that, like, some of my kids had some really extremely good talents in terms of, like, dancing and, like, art and stuff like that, I was like, let me just jump on that train with y'all. And this started out of nowhere. Like, we went to, like, an event, me and uh, three eighth graders and uh, one of my uh, teachers that actually work at my school, who's also my fiance, she, uh, we was like, let's just do a dub smash one day. And we did it while we was at the event. And people, like, was really feeling it. Like, they was like, yo, y'all got to do it again. Uh, we put up two videos and it was like choosing between which video yeah. and then just was making dust smashes every Wednesday. Yeah. And you, you showed me a little bit of love saying we went viral. We ain't go that viral. We had a couple people like show us love, but we was like, all right, if that's what they want, let's keep giving it to them. And I really do it for my kids, right? Like I'm not the best dancer, but I really have some kids that are like really, 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 really talented. And I want to make sure if I have a platform to get people to see them and they like, authentic selves i want to make sure i continue to do that yeah someone asked what's greg's ig i don't know okay. Greg. yeah i don't know it okay. off, but i think somebody could find it okay but yes y'all definitely went viral even though you said you didn't go viral i'm all the way down here in the <laughs> south and maybe right. it's because i'm from up north that that y'all popped up on my explore page but i was like yo this is so dope and even what you said like positive people in your life like a lot of people from philly from jersey like growing up like school dancing being outside of the house was like second home like mm -hmm. as it's getting warm outside nobody was planning to be at home quarantine you know this whole thing is shifting things for us but like seeing you as a black man in the education field is so important so i want to ask and i know you said okay giving back to and impacting these young people, what else inspired you? Like, did you know, hey, I'm gonna grow up, I'm about to go into um, education? So I, a couple things I feel like shaped me to like be who I am like right now. One was 
when I had to, when I was in school first time, I actually had to leave only because I felt like I needed to because I, I had my daughter. I had had my uh my my daughter was about to be born and I felt like I had to get money fast because I always in the back of my mind knew that I like if I had a kid or whenever I get married or whatever like I gotta be a provider because I did not have like my dad in my life to do that stuff so I'm like I'm not gonna I'm gonna break the cycle I'm gonna make sure that like whatever my kid need they get it and it's not gonna be like no hesitation like I'm gonna be able to provide no matter what mm-hmm. and then after that I had a rough patch with like finding like good work that's like I feel like that was gonna like maintain the lifestyle that I wanted to live. So I worked at like little seizures for like two months. And I'm like, yo, this is not for me, dog. Like I'm not no fast food dude. Like it's I'm just not. So I had to go figure out like a different situation. So I was like a home healthy for like a little bit and I'm like, yo, this is still not it. Like, I need to get some more money. Like, I need my daughter to be laced in whatever she want to be laced in. I need to make sure I get a car. I can't have my baby mom on a bus with my kid. Like, we just not doing it. So I uh, was looking around at a couple jobs, and one of my friends actually had put me through this uh, this uh, teacher assistant, uh, like, program where they uh, place you in schools and you, like, have, like, a kid. So I was, like, a one-on-one at first. And I was at that school for like the whole year and I was like doing really good work. And I felt like this was like something that I will be able to be good at. So as like the year went on, they kept giving me more stretch opportunities to like do more in the building, be more involved with just the school as a whole. And I think this is also like a blessing and a curse where they lost a charter because it was the charter school. Mm-hmm. And they lost a charter right before they was going to give me like a contract to work for like the actual, the company of the charter. Mm-hmm. So once that fell through, I was like, damn, I'm about to be in another tight jam. But then one of the teachers that I was working closely with was like, yo, I'm about to go have an interview over in Kip, New Jersey. I'm going to refer you and you just see how it go. And I was like, all right. And I was like, I knew I had like a lot of insight on some of the stuff because I didn't finish yet school yet. So I'm like, all right, let me just continue to like grow and like get as much as I can before like I hit like the bottom. So I had an interview. I did that with my current principal and I had another interview at a school in Philly. So my principal that I have now, he was like, all right, well, I really want you was like the offer that the other school is giving you. And I told him and he was like, yo, I'm not losing to that school. So like, what do you need? And ever since then, yeah, it's been I've been handling my business in Kip, New Jersey. Kip, New Jersey, wow. So, yo, that was a lot. And one of the things that you said, not like a, a lot in a bad way, but like a lot, like your journey and just getting there. Like there was a lot of perseverance, a lot of thinking, forward thinking, like what's next. Um, even building your brand and your relationships within the school that you were at previously. Mm-hmm to even have someone who's like, yo, I'm about to go to this other school. I'm about to take you with me, right? So one thing that you said that is really, really important to me that I really value is you talked about breaking the cycle. Yeah. Talk about the what that means and the importance of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And actually, my man Greg just came in here. That's what's up. Hopefully, he get to see this. Okay, who's about. Greg? Which one is Greg? The real Flacco Zero. Okay. Yeah. So those of you who is looking for Greg, there he is, right there. There's right. Greg. We found him. That's who taught me how to dance, right there. <laughs> oh, let me let me find out Greg can really dance. No, yeah, he's legit. But yeah, breaking the cycle is like one of the biggest things that I want to be like. That's held true for my legacy. Is like, I 
I never had a legit father figure in my life. And I knew that at some point I was going to have kids. I really didn't want children, but thank God I do have my two beautiful kids now. And I just want to continue to like do the stuff that I want to do the opposite of what I grew up seeing day in and day out. So yeah. like not having a father figure around in your life, not having like a consistent job where you don't look at it as work, you look at it as like your career. Yeah. I want to make sure I have a stable situation where like my credit is good, where I could go do what I want to do and like give gain to other kids and stuff like that. I just don't want it to continue to be the same thing over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, yeah, it's sorry, it's easy to like just talk about some of that stuff but like you know like a lot of people know like in our community it's not what you was well, not what your ideal situation is all the time so mm -hmm. i want the ideal to be the opposite i want our norm to be like what everybody yeah. else feel like the norm yeah. should be yeah. i want us to normalize uh two strong uh black people in a house raising a kid together yeah. i want to normalize uh, careers and education. I want to normalize us knowing the ins and outs of certain things that like they're not going to teach us in these textbooks or in these classrooms and stuff like that. I want to normalize having a degree and stuff. Like I'm not a huge advocate for degrees because I don't think they make or break a person, but I know they are something that is integral and it can make you earn more money in the long run and stuff like that. Yo, you just, yo, you can't be just dropping gems all at once, like in one, <laughs> like in one conversation because then you you know, we try, we try and get there, but definitely. I got a lot more for y'all. I got a lot. You more. got a lot more, so you just going, you just gonna put it out there. Okay. For sure. Okay, we here for that. I'm glad I got my bro on here because this this was a long time coming, y'all. I'm gonna just put it out there. Everybody that joined, he gave me a hard time. Like when I was like, "Oh, we about to do this," he's like, "You sure we about to do this? Because you be playing like you this." I'm y'all. I wanted to make sure we was legit. We was locked in. We was locked in. It was locked in. I sent him a calendar invite. And then I made him a promo for IG. I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, there's no backing out of this. There's no Absolutely. backing out of this. So I realized that a lot of us grew up differently, um, even with being from up north too, right? But we see a lot of the same things. And not only are you breaking the cycle like for yourself in your own personal lives or in the life of your children, even by having like that two-parent household but in the lives of your students, right? Because they're watching you. And it's that intimacy and that engagement. Sometimes these young people don't get engagement. And I like working with kids. I thought I was going to go in and be a teacher one day. It was a substitute. Was it gonna work out? I'm <laughs> like, yeah, it's not my thing. But I realized I like working with them in the way where I focus on their personal development, their emotional intelligence, where I can have that real raw conversation with them. And I feel like you do that with dancing. Now, in what what other ways do you find that you connect best with your students? Uh, just finding different spaces for them to like be themselves. Like I said earlier, and like I'm the head basketball coach at my school. So I also utilize sports in different ways to try to reach through to like some of the boys and even some of the little girls that go to my school too. Uh, also like even one of my uh, good friends, his name is Mr. Mercado. He's like our seventh grade grade level chair. Mm -hmm. That's like the principal of like seventh grade. And he asked me to be a part of like his boys group that he has with his seventh grade boys on Friday. Yeah. 
And I yeah. feel like that's another uh, good uh, platform for us to like talk to these young men about just some of the things that I know for a fact nobody's yeah. talking to them about. Yeah. And even just like with how we uh, utilize our dismissal and our arrival uh, posts. So like I'm always at the front door. Mm -hmm. I make sure I greet all my kids with a good morning. If they're not saying good morning, I just say like, yo, I say good morning. Let's like have yeah. the same respect for each other in the sense of I want you now to take that and carry it wherever you go. Yeah. Yeah. When, it's, when it's a when it's dismissal, I know like a lot of kids in like our community, like in our culture, like going to like let outs and like being just involved after school. Yeah, yeah. I'm out there just to make sure that it just stays the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You can't be trying to come to nobody's school doing like all this unnecessary wildness. Like, no, we're gonna keep okay. it. We're gonna keep it chill, and I'm gonna be out here all the time so they ever can see I'm not going nowhere. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure that we handle on our business. We not doing nothing nutty because there's already people looking at us waiting for us to do stuff nutty. It's people okay. waiting. They, they building more gels than they build the school. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish so me. Like, I ain't going to stop you. Just go ahead. No, but yeah, this ahead. is just like, this is like really like, this is my passion. And like, I really want people to understand like we need more people just in our students and our kids' lives. So that way, when we get older, and hopefully I get to live to see like 80 and years old and stuff like that, like our country and like our community is taken care of. Cause before it really wasn't. And we had like a lot of pioneers trying to make it happen, right. but it just was people always trying to knock them down, knock them down, knock them down. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Y'all gonna try to knock us down, but we gonna be right here. Yeah. I got my man, Mr. Ways in here. I got some of my kids in here. Like we gonna be, we gonna, it's, this is forever thing. Like, yeah. We not stop it. yeah. So what would you say to the young person watching? Or I want to say to our peers, because that was one of the things that we talked about before the love of millennials. It's like that reciprocity of empowerment, of inspiration and in exchange of knowledge, right? And it's like one of the questions that I ask people who come on is like, how can we effectively impact the next generation? Because there are some people out here who are like, nah, they're, they honestly promise to God, they're just not good with kids. And I wouldn't even want them around kids. I'm just like, nah, the way you navigate it, because with our children, we have to be sensitive with how, with how we communicate with them, with how we talk to them. Because a lot of them, like even with this quarantine, I pray a lot for the kids that got to go home and they don't have good home lives. And there's not much that I can do. When the, first, when the pandemic first happened, I'm like, yo, whoever need food, let me know. How can I support? But it's more than that, right? So how can we impact the next generation and you know from your feedback i think talking to like my peers is just making sure this is like what you want to do at the end of the day right like if you don't want to do this i know it's really good money in education trust me like i love it but if this is not what you want to do like go do really what you want to do and don't like because you're just doing a disservice to yourself and to these children so i think just finding what you really want to do and again, it won't look like, it won't feel like a job or it won't feel like something that you're dragging your feet to every day. It'll feel like, yo, this is what my purpose is. This is what I feel like I'm going to do for the rest of my life. This is what I love to do. Yeah. If you don't know what you want to do right now, it's okay. It's okay. But don't act, don't try to put yourself in a situation where it's going to be somebody who really cares about it, who really is passionate about it, giving you constant feedback over and over. And they want you to be your best self. And you feel like, yeah, why are they always on my back? Or why is this? And why is that? Like, no, it's happening because they see something in you or they see that like you have potential to like change and impact these kids' lives. Yeah. That's what it's really all about at the end of the day. When, and whenever somebody's in education, 
the ultimate goal should be that I should change at least one life before I'm done with this. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So I am not in education, y'all. The only way I'm in education is when I go to a school to speak. Um, so before I get to her question, but so like the HBCU seminar, right? I'm doing that for students because we are not prepared. And I'm talking about this because sometimes we think the only way we can help our kids is like being in the school, being in the classroom, being around in the community. But there are different ways that you can get back in your strengths. So if you are a welder or if you are a plumber or if you are a beautician or a barber or whatever field you're in, like you said, you're passionate about it, whatever you're passionate about, do that. But if there's someone that you can mentor or take under your wing, that's a way to impact the next generation to be like, yo, like, let me show you what I know so that I can give you some sort of inspiration and guidance to where you're going to next. And that's what I'm doing with the HBCU seminar, right? It's for those students who are interested in entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship, but they need to navigate, know how to navigate those type of environments, right? You can be an entrepreneur, but to be successful, you have to learn how to have certain conversations. You can go into corporate America, but you have to know how to code switch effectively. And it's Absolutely. about problems, right? So that's where my niche is, right? Let me tell y'all about this world. Let me tell y'all how to navigate it. Like, I'm from Jersey, too, so I can, I can rock with you. I can call you son. I can call you B. We can talk about it. But when we go in here, this is how we're going to act. Kind of like, you know, growing up in church and stuff, you know, <laughs> acting up, you know, do something. Your mama going to pinch you because that's not the environment for it. So same thing. So someone said, how do you address the educators around you that may not be authentic or really care about the kids? I love that question. How do you address the educators around you that may not be authentic or really care for the kids? Um, it's hard because, like, I also because, like, I'm I'm not from like like I said I'm not from like the the traditional like background and stuff. So I always used to like try to address situations with like aggression and like yo like what you doing this for? But obviously we can't do that no more and being able being in a different setting it taught me a lot of how to like you how you said cold switch and have conversations with people and like not manipulate things but like do things to also get what you want in the long run yeah so when whenever i encounter like a teacher who i don't feel like is in it for the right reasons i try to get them to see like what this is actually for yeah and ultimately like get them like weeded out by like the the the, the powers that be and that's not yeah. like a bad thing right because like at the end of the day you don't want to be here and you're not doing it for the right reasons and it's not like yeah. I, don't, I don't want you to be viewed as like a bad person this just may not be your cup of tea yeah. and if it's your cup of tea don't don't try to make it seem like it is when you're just doing all the wrong things yeah i i will my first go-to would either be have a conversation have get their get the understanding of like what they're actually in it for and what yeah. their mindset is around yeah. like kids that we service and the community yeah. that we service and so on and so on and try to give them a little bit of game on like why it's so important for them to like switch up some of the stuff that they're doing because yeah. that's ultimately like my role as a coach i manage 13 people so if i feel like they're not doing something that's primarily beneficial for their development or ultimately like i said our kids right uh it's just a conversation for real, for real. And I think, again, in our community, we got to do more of that stuff. It's yeah. talking. Having conversations and communicating. Communicate. I am huge on communicating, but I also understand that we all don't communicate the same, right? 
Yeah. The way you talk to one teacher may not be the same way that you talk to another teacher. Mm -hmm. Have you had experiences where you've tried to talk to these educators or certain educators and there's like resistance, right? There's like, nah, it's just these kids. It ain't me. It's, it's them kids. Yeah, Have that's actually like 50% of my job is trying to get people to understand that like it's always a different way to like maneuver with these kids. Whenever like a teacher has like a, a, a major issue or an issue that they feel like is major, I'm like, not the first person they call because if they're calling me, like it's a bigger issue. But my job is to always provide feedback and make sure that people understand that kids aren't who they are like right now, right? Yeah. Like, I, like me, for example, I was not the best kid in school. Now look at me like educating kids. Like you got to try to be more understanding of situations and what's going on around you. That's why yeah. I'm a huge advocate for like self-work in my uh at my school right now because we have a real diverse group of like teachers and educators and i think the biggest uh barrier that we all face even when we interacting with each other is like the understanding piece yeah if 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 you don't understand my background and where i come from you may not ever understand why i do the things and how i operate and that goes the same for like a, a chinese educator a white educator a spanish educator if we don't understand each other we won't have we won't be able to like build our palettes on how to operate with like, so especially the kids that we service because we, yeah. we middle of the hood, like yeah. as we not segregated, we got to operate or deal with these kids differently than what we would yeah. deal with a group of kids that are in like Cherry Hill or okay. that, group that are okay. like, hey, you appreciate it. Oh, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to say <laughs> we have more, but I wasn't ready. Cause that is so important. That is so important. And I speak to that because while you are in like, elementary middle school high school like you're at that level before they get to post-secondary right i'm dealing with post-secondary and in the corporate space and even the entrepreneurial space it's like students and i'm going to say students of color just aren't ready and they talk about specifically why i have this hbcu seminar because it's like hbcu students are not ready i went to an hbcu so how how did y'all talk exactly. about you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. But then you realize and you get down in there and you're like, wow, okay, they really aren't ready. How can I help them become ready, right? How can, and the way that I would talk to a student who is at a PWI may not be the same way that I talk to a student at an HBCU, right? And understanding the language and how to navigate those conversations. And so one thing that I explain to these students, with they, which they don't understand, or they're learning to understand is that HBCU, everybody got confidence. It is complete confidence. Y'all going to Kip High School? Um, no. Oh, that's one of my students. We uh we opening up our first high school next year. Oh, that's she so exciting. She want to know if y'all want to come up. Oh, I'll come. I told you that. I'll come to the school. I don't have a problem. Yeah. I'm from Jersey. That's not that's nothing but a drive, okay? I do that. Right. Why do you feel they aren't ready, and how can we get them ready? Okay, so let's talk about this. So it comes to effective communication, emotional intelligence, and effective application of the knowledge that they get. So, right, if we tell them, okay, make sure you write sign your name like this and use black or um, blue ink, but they go and they sign their name with pink, pink ink, nah, you have to apply what you've learned, right, and know when to apply it. So we can get them ready by having spaces where we're teaching them, right, engaging. I feel like with your dancing, it builds relationship. It builds rapport. 
when I go to these different schools, I'm building relationships with them. I'm going in, I'm like, yo, what's up? I'm talking to them the way that they talk to each other. And now that I have your attention, let's talk about the real world. Because while we have our confidence here amongst each other, because we look the same, nine times out of 10, when you go into that interview, when you go into that job, in my specific field, right, there's not going to be you're not going to look like me. There's not, they're, they are not going to look like me. And you have to be able to articulate your story in a way that's palatable and that it identifies your strengths. Those are the type of conversations that, I, again, because I deal with post-secondary. I deal with after college or after high school. Those are the kids that I deal with, right? And maybe seniors if they come to me. But how about transitioning them from, you're in middle school, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Middle school to high school, what does that transition look like? I first I wanted to say I think what you're doing is like really empower is powerful and some of the best teachers I've ever seen have come from HBCU. So like all the work that people are doing in those universities and stuff is like really hitting home because a lot of them also coming back home to yep. teach in their communities. Yeah. Like I have two really good friends who I think they either still on here or they not, but like I was telling you earlier, like they're called they're the Mikados. One teaches eighth grade ELA and one teaches seventh grade ELA, and they both went to HBCUs, mm -hmm. and they came back to the community to teach at my current school. So they having it and like they doing a really good job. And one of my mentors went to Hampton, yeah. and she's yeah. in the community handling, yeah. having her way and handling business. Yeah. But uh, anybody who teaches middle school, like give them a round of applause because that's the hardest age to teach because. They dealing with all the like psycho and emotional like changes that with their bodies, with their minds, yes. and they going through like either whether it's confusion of like identity, sexuality, yes. all of this different stuff. And I think just the biggest thing is just seeing them for who they are and like mm -hmm. giving them the the ownership and making their own choices right. at that age. So yeah. like I don't go into conversations with like when I got to discipline a kid where it's like yo you did the wrong thing. I, my first thing is like yo what do you need right now? Like, what 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 prompted you to make this decision? And they'll go into giving me the, the game, and then it's like, all right, well, I hear you out, and I and I appreciate you sharing that, but I would do it this way only because of X, Y, and Z. Like I've seen it go done your way, and yeah. the the chances of it ending out good for you is not like high. Yeah. So let's try to do it this way, and that gives them the the the, the uh the thought in their mind like all right one this person cares about me as a person i hope that's what they're thinking about yeah. two they, they they're giving me the autonomy to make my own decisions and like live like my ultimately my life yeah. and three is you showing them that like yo i'm not gonna be like that like the dad or like the the person like hovering over you is yeah. like yeah i want to yeah. help you yeah. i want to try to bridge this gap with you i don't want it to be like I'm telling you what to do, nagging, 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 nagging. It's like, yeah, we can do this together. Because yeah. like, at the end of the day, you got to live this life. I've been through middle school already. Yeah. I've been through high school already. If you want to change this idea of who you are and how people view you, you're going to put the work in. Yeah. And if not, yeah. it's, it's only going to fall on you if people view you as a knucklehead. It's only your fault if people view you as a young boy who's not going to get good grades in school. Let's do this together. Because that's, again, that's what all this is about. Yeah, together. Dang, I don't want to make this all about education because I told you, I'm like, yo, we need... Okay, so 
this gonna be my last education question i promise and keep it coming about. i told you this is what i'm in it for i'm like you know you know you know all right so we got some comments let me read your comments so someone miss pretty tony said she's so proud of you you're making a difference which you are this is why you are on this live right now um mr woodson and average book oh do you think we should start preparing the youth prior to middle school age for post-secondary school and how to adapt to the real world so I'm going to give my little two cents because I'm not in the education field. And then I'm going to let you speak because you are in the education field. And so me as someone going back at like being an entrepreneur, working in corporate and high tech and, and supply chain and accounting, like those are my industries. And then also have running my own business. It starts with a conversation before middle school. It starts with building their confidence and, and, starting with the mind like not focusing on the technical things but the emotional intelligence right teaching young people to be accountable for their actions and understanding that there are consequences good and and bad consequences right their 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 imagination what how do they see themselves how do they see their peers around them how do they see like do they believe in themselves i feel like that should start before middle school at middle school i feel like we should continue that hard body because middle school is like that trend. You're, they're starting puberty and then there's a lot of peer pressure and then there's a lot of, okay, what's next? I'm coming to that. I'm approaching 18 and it seems like it's coming way faster than before. So definitely I feel like the emotional intelligence aspect should start before middle school. But I'm going to let Dance and Dean over here, you know, spit the real knowledge. I I'm a huge advocate at starting it the minute I feel like kids have an understanding of like what they're doing. Like as like right now, like I'm potty training my son and he knows like, yo, if I got to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. So like at two years old, if a human being could do that type of stuff, I feel like once they get into school, it should be just as like more intense. I mean, it should be more intense because I don't, because I, I pride myself heavily on like having well-behaved kids. Like, if you run into my children, like my personal children, somebody will tell you like they have really good manners and they're really polite and stuff like that. Like I pride myself on that because I'll be damned if I'm at work as an educator and then I get a phone call like, yo, your son is throwing desks and chairs in his classroom. Well, no, I'm, all hell going to break loose. <laughs> but I think we should, it should not only just be with the kids, but it should be with our parents too. Yeah. Like parent engagement and family engagement is like some of the key things that holds the foundations of a school up. If you don't have engaged parents, you kids will like leave the home seeing like all right and that's you you'll have kids tell you like yo my mom don't care you could call her like this stuff is gonna happen and that starts mm -hmm. at the younger age and mm -hmm. kids adapt to like their environments like what's going on around them so if i got a fifth grader or a fourth grader who's running up and down hallways and whenever i call a parent they disrespecting their mom while i'm on the phone with them mm -hmm. when a the parent get up here they still doing the same thing it's like yo yeah how are we ever going to get nowhere and again i i hate I just actually had a conversation with my friends about this. Like, I don't like when people feel like I'm being judgy or I don't like when people are putting me in a category of, like, not being understanding. Like, I get it. And I don't want to tell you how to, like, raise your kids. The same yeah. thing I do with your kids. I want to give you some advice on how I would do things because the yeah. way I see you going about things is yeah, I, I don't see the probability of it in it well for you. Right. So let's continue to be a collective force in raising these children because that's the biggest thing I, they don't, our kids deal really with a lot of trauma and stuff like that too yeah. and they don't do they don't deal with a lot of that stuff as high 
as high as like we do in like our community, like the Cherry Hills and stuff, but they have like the resources to get their kids therapy. They have the resources yeah. to get their kid like a nanny and stuff like that and have like a village raising them. Yeah. A lot of our parents are young by themselves and yeah. did not have the stable foundation to be taught yeah. how to raise kids. Yeah. So to answer Jamie's question that was at the top, I think it should start the minute a kid has an, ident has an idea of how to know right from wrong. Absolutely. I love that. See, that's why I let the educator speak because I'm just the outsider <laughs> looking in. That That's not my thing. That's not my thing. And so even with what you said that you pride yourself on that. I've had experience. So guys, I have three, three daughters and one time one of my friends who has children she took my kid like all three of them. i was like oh you gonna take all three of mine she's like yeah <laughs> she brought them back they went to the mall like playing and stuff she was like girl i'm gonna just let you know people was complimenting your kids not right. mine and i had to tell people that oh these are not my kids these are my friend kids. and they're like oh they acting like this and their mom's not here so i definitely understand and i feel like that home life piece matters right Mm -hmm. That that parent involvement matters. Being able to have that conversation and engagement. My mom's an educator, so if like you said, if I acted up in school, it was worse because she's like, I do this every day. I do, and she was she she was an educator in Newark for twenty years. So mm -hmm. it was like, if I'm an actor in school, oh, I'm going to get in trouble because here she is dealing with with children who don't have what I had at home if that makes sense. Right, and so, you making it seem like I don't know what I'm doing as a parent. You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. How dare you disrespect me like that? <laughs> like, wouldn't do that to you as your parent. Like, you, we not getting into that. So I'm going to have to consequence you, and hopefully you don't make the same mistake twice. But if you yeah. do, then it's going to be a bigger issue. Yep, absolutely. I'm, I'm heavy on that, too. <laughs> absolutely. So we have someone who said did you envision your career as it is today i don't know if it's for me or for you but i'm gonna let you answer and then i'll answer it after you got you um to be honest no i thought i was just gonna be like just just getting by you feel what i'm saying and i knew it was always like other opportunities i always chase opportunities but i just felt like i was gonna be getting by and like i said like my school leader seemed like a lot of potential in me like we actually are close friends now he yeah. don't let me like slack off in certain things, but he also gives me the autonomy to be myself. Like he doesn't ever, he doesn't often try to make me change like who I am. Like I, I know who I am as a person. I know who I am as a Muslim. I know who I am as a black man. I know who I am. I know who I am as like where I'm from. And yeah. he does not, he does not try to take that out of me, but he does try to get me to see day in and day out that you can do things differently and you could, like I said, manipulate or like maneuver around things to ultimately get what you want. Yeah. And I, my dream job was to be in a job that I'm in now. And I, and I like chased that and I've been doing a lot of stuff to get there. So I envisioned it that way, but I didn't envision it being like as good as I feel like it is going right now. Yeah. So you have some confidence. First of all, I want to tell you this, why you, this, why you the homie, this, why you my friend, this, why you my bro, because <laughs> Impact, we talk about impact and transformation. Each child is different. You said it. Once you notice where they are we in their be. life, you said what? Yeah, Pretty Tony said this. And she said, Mr. Woodson, you're so good at noticing the right, right, noticing it right away and interacting with that child on the level where they're at. That is facts. That's what's up. Thank you for being big time for our school. Oh, that's my school. Said, proud of you. Like, you're famous, famous. I'm trying to be like, no. you're to grow up. 
I ain't, I ain't there yet. I'm still learning. Like every day I look for another opportunities to grow. And I don't always like portray that. Like I, yes. I do sometimes portray that like I'm tired of like certain things, but yeah. I'm, if, if you ask like a lot of people who work with me personally, like I'm one of the hungriest dudes like you'll ever come across in terms of like my feel. I even, I, like I'll go to PDs that don't got nothing to do with me. I'll go to like certain seminars that don't got nothing to do with like with my job title. I just want to build my palette. So that way I, I, I want to always be like, I don't want to be expendable. Like, I want to make sure that like, yo, I'm going to be the last person fired for my job. Yes. I want to feel like that all the time. Yes. Like, y'all yes. need me. And I yes. don't want to be like cocky and arrogant about it, but I want to always continue to do stuff for right. people. And I'm like, yo, I'm that important to this yes. situation because yes. I care that much. Yes, absolutely. And that that is one of the things that I put in my workshop for these students because it's adding value how to ensure that you'll always be employed is to add value. Mm -hmm. You are consistently adding value. And even with what I hear from you, like you're like, I'm going after accruing that value so that you can't fire me. You're like, yo, you need me because I went through all these conferences. I can give you the perspectives and the differences, the differentiations between them all. So shout out to you career wise. So Avery's book started my career in accounting. Now I'm in supply chain and technology. And so even being in high tech, I did not envision my career. Honestly, I thought I was going to be a teacher, y'all. Just go put that out there. I was like, oh, I'm about to be a high school English teacher. I'm like, I'm about to be out here. Like, we're going to read the bluest eye. We're going to change change it, right? No, mm -mm, didn't work out. But what, what I did find effective was that I was going to run um, college high school programs. And that's where I found effective. So I tell people to focus on solving problems. So if you don't know what you want to do, focus on solving a problem. And if you decide to become a teacher, you know you'll be solving a problem in that way. And that's how you navigate it. So we have some comments because I want to definitely get to the comments. We tend to believe what we see. So what do you do in situations when working with parents and or students who just can't see beyond their current situation? I think that's the most difficult part of like the job, right? Is like trying to get somebody to understand basically where you're coming from and try to get them to see a different perspective. Yeah. Shaping mindset and shaping perspective is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Because my school leader and one of uh one of my other coworkers was like actually like drilling this in my head my first two years, like, yo, perspective is huge. Like you may not care about it, it may be nutty, but at the end of the day, how people view you in this world is like huge. So when I talk to parents, I try to like meet them also where they're at because a lot of our parents are like young and a lot of our parents are in like tough situations. So they like put raising their kids sometimes not at the highest like priority where it should be. So I try to just meet them where they are and give them like some like suggestions and ideas on how to like best support like their child. Right. Because I'm with them nine hours out of the day. Yeah. Y'all got them when they either like doing homework or like those six hours when they sleep and on the weekends. So I know a lot of different stuff that about your kid that you may not know because we always hear all the time, they not like this at home. Of course they not. Like, why would they be? They feel like they could like get away with certain stuff without yeah. because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, it's a different set, subset group of people and also like their, their friends and like their classmates influence a lot of their decisions. Yeah. So, I think the biggest thing is just meeting parents where they at, meeting kids where they at, and trying to get them to see that it's a different way. 
And you may run into a brick wall the first time. You may run into a brick wall the second time. You may run into a brick wall the first 50 times. It's always going to be a different way. It may be a different person. It may be a different way to say it, to reach through and get to a certain child. Because every child is reachable. It just, you need either need the right type of environment. You need the right type of bed. You need the right type of, it could be a whole bunch of different yeah. things. But every kid is yeah. reachable, in my opinion. Yeah. You're so dope. You're so dope. So let me read you your comments. Because I told you, I'm trying to be like you when I grow up. Someone said building relationships. Building relationships is important. That's how Shakur oh, yeah, and I are one That's the biggest right thing. Now. For sure. Like, that's the biggest thing. And I think who said that, that's actually who I learned that from the most, my man Siwa. He's like a real heavy football coach in uh, Philly. And he's like definitely handling business, making sure kids get scholarships to like whatever school they want to. So hopefully yes. they can provide for their families. He's, he's really taught me like, yo, just having conversations with people could get you a long way and holding on to those relationships. Yes. Too. Like you yes. never you may need somebody like I, I'm a huge advocate for like doing stuff on my own because I feel like I've like gotten into this profession and like done a lot of stuff and my pain on my own yeah. but I needed a lot of people along yeah. the way and yeah. I want to make sure that I always hold true to those relationships because yeah. you know you may need them or they may need you vice versa absolutely that's what's up well my mentor says stop networking and build relationships so shout out to you so what is it? Sidewood? Seawood? Seawood? I'm going to just say Seawood. Yeah, Seawood. Yeah, Seawood. Just Seawood. Seawood. So, Jamie's World said, Mr. Woodson, your driving ambition has grown tremendously. Love you. Someone, Mr. K, Mr. Wade said, we owe nothing to anyone. We owe it to ourselves. Absolutely. To pursue the opportunity to be great and not average. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Dr. Eve said, facts. She, she was responding to everything that you were saying. Mm -hmm. Kavuna said, facts i'm sorry if i'm messing up names too please forgive me it's um, <laughs> and then someone said big ups to us both i'm enjoying every, every bit of this this is for y'all like this is Thank why you. i asked my bro to come on and speak and drop this knowledge this is what this is about so every child is reachable absolutely because you said that somebody quoting you look you can't quote make sure y'all follow my bro Every child is reachable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the crazy part is, it's a lot of times where they don't feel like they are. It's a, It's been times where I even said it out loud, like, yo, I'm done with this young boy, or I'm done with this, or I'm done with that. But I'm doing it, like I said, a disservice to myself and that child. Like, I'm doing a disservice to my development as an educator, and I'm doing my disservice to my community and that child for, like, even, like, having that mindset. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of kids who just are influenced by different things. You may need the dope boy on the corner to tell him, like, yo, young boy, don't follow me. Like, it may look all glitz and glamour, but I got to watch my back every night. I got to sleep with, like, a gun next to my head because I chose this lifestyle. You don't want that. I wouldn't want that for anybody. You may need the principal to come down and sit in a classroom and be like, yo, I'm going to suspend you every chance I get until you figure it out. I ain't gonna call the cops on you, but I'm gonna figure it out. Or I may need to, you may need to get locked up, yeah. so you understand that like yo, it's a different way because mm -hmm. it's out here for everybody and there's opportunities for everybody. And we all yeah. get the same 24. You just gotta go chase what you're gonna chase. Absolutely, absolutely. So we are coming in close to our end. So what? Uh, first, before you give your final words, how can people stay stay in touch with you? Oh. Through my Instagram, this is my public one. I use this to actually interact with my students more and my families more and to post my videos because when your page is private, obviously, like, a lot of people can't reach you and stuff. Mm -hmm. But definitely, like, reach out to me on this. Um, uh, my school account is another place where y'all can find me. Uh, I'm going to type it at the bottom real quick. Uh, 
Yes, type that in for us. Because we want to stay in touch. Thank y'all so much for tuning in too. Um, and for asking questions and being engaged. Mm -hmm. That's my uh, school's actually at name. And that's the school that I work at. So y'all can reach out to me on there. Uh, I'm not really heavy on Facebook. That's just like not what my generation get into. But it's my name. Y'all just like search my name and I'm up there on that. Uh, I got Twitter. I'm going to put my Twitter name on there too. Twitter. I still got to learn how to use Twitter. That's not my thing. Even yeah. in our generation, I think I'm like the old lady of our generation. Uh, That's what it is. I'm like, just call me Nemo. So what final words do you have for us today? Final words. Um, don't don't limit yourself. Like, I I put myself in a box before and I would have never been able to get to this point, I don't think, if I would have stayed in that box. Like, yeah. I I told myself that I'm going to take leaps of faith moving forward with whatever I do. And I feel like if you do that too, you never, you, you'll you see or you'll never know what you get if you don't. Yeah. And go out and do it. I did that even in like my relationship. I know that's not what this is about right now, but like I told my fiance like, yo, before we even was like two months together, I'm like, yo, let's go move in together. Like we just going to do it. We just going to make it happen. And now we getting married in September. Hey, hey, that happens. Don't don't limit yourselves. Stay don't true to yourself. Me. Also, make sure you understand who you are, and you know that you you are going to be that person and still develop and grow in different ways. But stay true to yourself. Like I'm a young boy from the trenches, but I gotta be able to adapt and make sure that I try to change not only my kids' perspective, but the people who I'm dealing with and impacting yeah. those. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. That's dope, y'all. So before we go, Tuesday, I'm having a free um, professional development webinar called You Are Your First Career. If you are interested in learning, navigating, not just corporate culture, but professionalism, make sure you sign up, averagebook.com. It is free for you to tune in. Shakur. Get with my sis, so man. Type in all of her situations. We locked in. I know. He see he throwing look at you see he's throwing shade at me. He said, I gave you time in the beginning to go ahead and <laughs> No, I said I, I, I want them to be involved. They need to sign in. I don't care. They don't even like take it with what they is. Get into that Jones. Sign up for her join. Make her numbers go up. <laughs> sign up for that join. Sign up. All young boys. Welcome. 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 Right. Somebody said I'm no old lady. I seem super dope. Oh, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. <laughs> See, look at him laughing at me. Let me get off live. Bye, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Catch the next live. Thank you, Shakur. I appreciate you. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. To stay connected with For the Love of Millennials podcast, follow us on Instagram at For the Love of Millennials. If you have any questions or topics that you want to hear us chat about or to even find a millennial expert, please email us at loveformillennials. To connect with A Rich Book, go ahead over to Instagram and follow her at a.richbook. Don't forget to give our podcast five stars and be sure to tune in to our future episodes.